Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck yeah. Welcome to an all new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks, and we are honored to be joined by a true American hero, a vet, served in our armed forces, big Michael Ford, served in our army. Mike, welcome to the Workshop Wrestling Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Need something else to take my mind off of things. This will work. Yeah, I hear that, Mike. Just a, a lot going on. You know, we got the, the George Floyd thing, uh, George Floyd murder, mm-hmm. uh, all the protests, uh, all the things that are going on now. And then we somehow have to bring it to pro wrestling. And mm. stupid-ass stupid ass Jackson Riker. Um, so his, so I want to get your take on it because you're a former vet, you're African-American. Um, and so I think you'll have a unique perspective on this that even me as African-American, I never served. Corey obviously never served. So we might have a different, you know, you, you might have a different view on this than us. So basically Jack Jackson Riker, um, so, you know, he tweeted, uh, in support of Donald Trump uh, a couple of days ago during this. And he used his wrestling catchphrase, forgotten no more. And yeah, that was stupid. And a bunch of wrestlers, Kevin Owens, Joey Janela, all these guys just completely ripped him. Now things are coming out about stuff he said last year where he said Black Lives Matter is garbage and we should be grateful for what we have. Like basically like, oh, we're not slaves anymore, so we should be happy, essentially. So I guess as a former vet, as a black man in this country, with everything that's going on with the protests, with the murder of George Floyd, with everything. It's, I know it's a big kind of question, but what are your kind of uh, initial thoughts? Well, when I heard, when I saw his comment on Monday on another outlet, I, I thought he was stupid. I, I, what he said in that sense, thinking Donald Trump for something that he had for, for just being one stupid, don't wash the other hand stupid. So Don, he, for the fact that he actually has a platform and put that out there, and then they somebody went back and found his old Twitter comments from last year, I think it was from, where he made that comment about Black Lives Matter, showed how ignorant he was. And the fact that Kevin Owens and Batista and a few others said a lot of things about him, even his own tag team. Yeah. They were they were against him for that. And, so- and me as a vet. Huh? Sorry. Uh, the actual quote from uh, July 10th, I believe, last year. Pretty tough. Uh, pretty touch, touchy subject. All this Black Lives Matter garbage baffles me. I challenge anyone of of any color or race to go watch 12 Years a Slave, the movie, and realize how good you all actually have it. Lean heritage, Christ, uh, Gandhi, Buddha. They all taught love and caring for, for others. This is getting out out of hand. I pray for for the for nation daily. Yeah, so that, that's exactly He basically said, hey, guys, you're not slaves anymore. Be happy with the crumbs you got now. Right. And then compared it to a movie. A movie about the struggle. And he happened to watch it. He must have had a good kick of watching it. But the way he 
he, I wouldn't be surprised if his career wasn't over right now. But the the insensitive, the just that type of insensitivity. He he knew what he meant. He said what he said. You had enough time. How many characters in Twitter? 160. You wrote down every single word of that. And you knew what you wrote from last year to this year. The apologies, no need for the apologies. You messed up. And it was just ignorant. And being a veteran, it's like, you know, he, he, he loves America. And that's anybody that loves America, that's great. But to make comments like that, and about how Gandhi and whoever else uh, preached peace and love, but in what, but the police departments they take an oath too, and they're killing they're killing unarmed men, black men. They're beating on they're killing on uh, women at black women at that, and they don't get. There's no punishment thrown towards them for that. And in, and especially in the height of this right now, what he did, what he what he texts, thanking Donald Trump, who is only just fanning the flames of all of this that's going on. Like The Rock put something out today, an eight minute speech, asking where is our leader, and I'm like, well, first of all, he's hiding in his bunker. Where, where he claimed he wasn't. They just asked him to go down there because it was time to go down there. They're not, and then you you're not you're defending you're defending white men that are walking around state capitals with armed AR-15s, but a man gets killed. No, there's three murders, and this recent one, a man gets killed, starts a whole revolution of protesting, and you're not doing nothing about it. You you're blaming Democrats, you're blaming this, you're blaming that. I, I'm. I've had enough of it. We go from Corona to racism in like 0 0.5 seconds, and I'm done with it. But it's just, it's it's mind-boggling how a man with that type of platform can say something so stupid and ignorant, and, and with no consideration of his in the wrestling business, I guess his fellow coworkers and how they would feel. I don't even know where they can go from that. I mean, is this is this a thing, Mike and Corey? This 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 is a question for all of us. Sure. Mm -hmm. Is this a thing where he is not employed anymore? Because you could say you could take the Donald Trump thing and say, okay, you know, he thanked Donald Trump. Vince McMahon has given him money. Linda McMahon was on his cabinet. Triple H is taking pictures. They support him, right? So you could mm -hmm. say, okay, he says something about Trump. The Black Lives Matter thing, and basically saying, well, we're not slaves anymore. So it's I, that one is a, is a, is going to be a tough one. For mm -hmm. people to say, you know, so for both of you, if you're mm -hmm. the WWE and we know how public perception is a big thing of that, and we can get into that later when we talk about them trying to resign some of the guys, and he's not that good of a wrestler anyway. So like this yeah. is Seth Rollins. Yeah. You keep him. You out and out release him. You know what? It's it's a weird one. And well, first of all, I just want to say, you know, just like for Mike, thank you for your your, your service. You know. These tweets are deplorable, but, you know, he was a Marine. Thank you for service when he was in the Marines. And like you said before about, you know, for the people who do support Donald Trump, for whatever reason they do, him supporting Donald Trump is one thing. That's fine. These tweets, on the other hand, especially the thing where they come Although, 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 the, the, the support, supporting Donald Trump 
with what's going on. Because hey, I'm Corey, I'm just going to say, that was done on purpose. I'm not saying no. That, that was done purposely, mm-hmm. right? That was, done with, that was done with intent. So, yes. we, so we could say different things and, and, well, you know, he has a right. Everyone has a right to free speech, whatever. But a right to free speech is not a right of consequence. Not not free of consequence. Free of speech is not free of consequence. So, right. So, I mean, because I mean, no, no. other uh, WWE, you know, like WWE Hall of Famer, Sonny has recently come under fire, you know, for racist remarks. I mean, she's not employed by the company. But, you know, she's, uh, if you've ever worked with the in their Hall of Fame, I mean, you, you're representative of the company. You know, but she like, doesn't work for the company. But, but what I'm saying is the idea of, I was going to get to a point here. The whole idea of Eric Bischoff's famous phrase, you know, controversy creates cash. Just like with Nia Jax, with injuring people, all of a sudden she's getting a, a push. And, you know, Corbin has super heat, so all of a sudden he gets pushed. I would not be surprised if for the short term, because he's getting, his name is out there, you might see him get pushed for the short term, but the long term you may not be with the company. I think, this, I think, I think that's too much, no. I think, I think it's too much. I think it's too much. I, th- I yeah. think it's a black eye for the company, but Vince McMahon, the way his mind works. Corey, I think it's too. I, I think it's too much. I, I, yeah. I, 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 because they 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 also sent emails out about racial sensitivity. I mm. I hear what you're saying. I think this is. If he just had the Donald Trump tweet, maybe they could use that or something. The, right. I, I think it's I think it's too much. I understand what you're saying, and I agree that if there if it was insensitive, maybe they could use that. But where we are in our country right now, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that the WWE, as 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 scripted and money hungry as they can be, can use that comment to further a storyline, especially in today's time right now. Those three murders, the murders of the past, hell. And him even watching Twelve Years a Slave, you can't the, that Black Lives Movement right now. There's WWE stars that appreciate that, mm-hmm. and that are people of color. Even hell, Kevin Owens is from Canada, and he he understands the hardship. He 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 feels bad about it. If they if they keeping them on right now, they're keeping them on to figure out what they're gonna do with this. But in the long term, if you know how. Everything is Twitter. Everything is Instagram. Everybody is complaining and complaining. They may they may eventually release them. I think they should release them if they don't want the heat. Let me now, if they don't get no heat from this, mm-hmm. then you know what? He he stays on, but he everybody that works with him is just going to keep a business with him. I'll, I'll give you an example. And like I said, I agree with both of you. He should be fired. Because this is one of those things where it's a not even the fact it's a black eye for the company. It's just a he deserves to. This is this is a practice. This is I just think this is almost like a moral clause, moral clause in a contract where this is something you should be almost fired for for more like moral moral reasons. Yeah, you could say maybe because she worked for Impact Wrestling and it's a company that barely anybody even cares about anymore. But Tessa Blanchard recently had the comments that you could say weren't, that you weren't fully proven, but the whole type thing with her with, you know, apparently making racial slurs against other female wrestlers. She's mm-hmm. clear champion right now. I think there's two, I think there's two things, Corey, with that. Okay. One, no one cares about impact. Two, 
WWE is a publicly traded company. They have stockholders. They are in the business. In they're in the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. Perception is big for these. They have this make a wish thing. They're doing all this philanthropy to make themselves look better. And then they got this guy who's a uh, a racist out there. Mm-hmm. I, I I get what you're saying, but I think it's if they weren't publicly traded. If this was like 1993, you know, look at what they did with the Iraq War and Sergeant Slaughter and all that stuff back in the day. They didn't give a shit back then. I think now is a different time. What about Lars Sullivan? He had racist tweets. Yeah, when's the last time we saw him? Mm-hmm. Where's he been? He hasn't been fired, has he? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. We, have, we haven't seen much of him. Yeah, but I mean, so there's a talk- difference. Do they fire this guy, or is he just all of a sudden disappear? And is it good enough just to make the guy disappear? Because, I mean, do you have to make an example? And then does that go and put – are you setting a line where – Anyone who says anything racist or homophobic, is this the line where you go from now on, you say anything of this magnitude, you're gone, you know? And well, I think where the difference is though is what's I think the difference is, is the time we're in right now. Mm-hmm. I think if the Lars Sullivan thing would have come out right now, yeah, I definitely think it would have been fired. And, and you know, like and then you know, like you had recently with the whole same thing with uh, Jordan Miles, ACH, who quit over the idea where he felt there was racism going on with all tie shirt. And then, you know, he said he was going through mm. stuff personally, but I mean, like I said, I, I, like I said, I'm going to say this once again, being the, I know it's hard for me to actually have a strong opinion sometimes being the only white coming from a different point of view being white. But I think though, if you're going to fire him, I think this has to be the benchmark that if anyone says any, any remarks on Twitter or different things going forward, no matter what level they are of a start in the company, you have to take this stance. If it's Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, if they say something inappropriate or stupid like this, you, can't, you have to then also say, goodbye, you're gone. I don't care if you make a billion dollars a year for the company or if you're a guy who nobody cares about. There's got to be the quote-unquote Bobby Knight thing, zero tolerance, you know? Mm. I mean, you can't play favorites. I mean, if you, I don't know if you guys disagree, but I think well, if you fire this guy, which I think you should, you got to go and have a set rule not if you're a star, and I understand this star treatment with everything in the world, but if you're mm-hmm. a star, you're going to get away with being an asshole or, you know, random yeah. or shitting in someone's bag or putting out racist tweets or being a Trump supporter and all these different things, and he gets away with whatever he wants. That's what, So, I mean, I um, have to take a stand here. I think eventually, if they do release him, there will be some type of, they're going to get everybody together and be like, what you said. If you say this, you say that on Twitter, Instagram, and we hear about it, and it's in racially insensitive or homophobic, whatever, or it's insulting to women, they're going to add that to their uh, their policy, that um, no tolerance policy. I believe they would. As far as letting them go, I think they should because like Will, Will Smith said it best, there's nothing new about racism. It's just being filmed. Sure. I- you well, know, it's being filmed, it's being tweeted, it's being Instagram. That I just saw a post yesterday that these four white guys are having a George Floyd challenge. Putting their knee in the back of putting their knee in the back of somebody's neck. And I guess that they had four pictures and they're each each they're having a competition of putting their neck in the back of somebody's their knee in the back of somebody's neck, and 
it's just sad. That's just the world we live in right now. And unfortunately, he made a comment that it's not sitting well with everybody in WWE. They made it known the 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 buck lies with Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H. What are they gonna do? And like you said, no, no. Um, I was just gonna say they got investors, they got stockholders, they publicly traded. This has gotten out now. Now they gotta figure out. See, they gotta. They, I think they what they're doing is see how high the water rises before they have to jump. And he's gonna be the one that gets drowned. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something they it's something they have to look at. There's no reason for them to be on SmackDown. That that's for sure. Um, this week, and then they could figure it out. But again, this he didn't do this when he was 20 years old. I mean, this wasn't like he can't say, "Oh, I was a young kid." This was last year. He's a grown man. He knows better. These are his thoughts and his views. So, you know. Anyway, that's my view. But what, but, what, but what I said, though, before, do you agree, though, that if you're going to do this, it has to be a zero-tolerance policy across the board? Like, I was saying, like, with, uh, we, when it came out last year with the whole Tony Khan. Uh, Corey, they're not, they're not going to do, do that. Randy Orton said, supposedly said the N-word on some, you know, when he was gaming or whatever a while back. They're not firing him. No, no. You know, they're not firing Seth Rollins. They're not firing Roman Reigns. So if you're a star, you're allowed to be a bigot, a racist, and say whatever you want. But if you're a nobody, I mean that. that unfo- I mean that's that's unfortunately how companies work. That's unfortunately how mm-hmm. it works. I'm not saying it's for, they're not gonna put. They're gonna say we're gonna put out what companies do, and you know this, Corey, Mike. You know this. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make it sound good to us. We're we're doing racial sensitivity training, like like the Office, like like we're doing we're doing Diversity Day. Right, we're gonna do these things that make things sound good, but they don't mean shit. And then they'll fire Riker, do the sensitivity training, and say, "Look at what we're doing." And then people mm-hmm. say, "Okay, people will feel better and they'll move on." Right? Yep. They won't have to say, "Well, we're gonna have this policy." If anybody says anything, they're not gonna do. They're not gonna do that because that that puts themselves. They put themselves in a bind that way. Same thing with these drug tests. Like these guys get drug tested, they get popped. Then they're back. Then we don't know. They're not going to do something. They're not going to do absolutes because it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just think. Just just think about the pop they're going to have when they actually decide to get fans in the building, and that crowd starts chanting. If they come out on SmackDown, you're a racist. Where's it going to go from there? Yeah. So they're either going to deal with it now. Or wait for that moment to happen. And wrestling already kind of has a negative view from a lot of people, right? It's stupid. Why do people watch this shit? It's not cool. And so it's not cool. And now it's super racist. It, it just, you know, it just to me, there's, there's no, there's no reason to keep them. And you, you know, you've had four, what over the the whole time of the company, you've had four African American slash black champions, and when. Kofi loses the title in nine seconds, never got a rematch. I mean, you, the, the company as a whole, and you could even put it, uh, unless I missed it, this past Wednesday, and we can talk about this more in a few minutes, but AEW, when they started their show, they had a 20-second package supporting, and everybody's point of view on Black Lives Matter and everything else is their own mm-hmm. point of view, but they had a package supporting Black Lives Matter with their promo at the very beginning. NXT, and, oh, by the way, I'm just going to say this. Everybody should support Black Lives Matter. I'm, I'm just 
Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no. go ahead. This well, isn't. Know, we're not. We're not doing this thing where we want everyone to feel good. You got two I'm black just, men in, in this okay. podcast. Everybody should be in support of that. A black man was murdered in front of everybody last week. Okay. Go ahead. I'm just saying though, NXT, as far as I saw, maybe Morrow and his smart way of you know making everything sound cool may have said something in regards to uh, to the situation, but there was nothing that I really saw on NXT or pretty much any WWE programming of mm -hmm. actual things saying anything about uh, uh, the murder. AAW no. was right out in front in the beginning of their program this week with that 20-second package at the very beginning supporting mm. Black Lives Matter. So, I mean, there's a whole thing right there with, with these, the difference of these two companies. And I think you see that. I mean, I didn't see what NWA Power did or with their Carnyland or anything this week if they did something but yeah i think i think it's a little different that's pre-packaged stuff no, but i'm saying know? there's a true designation of both, yeah. both shows were taped this week mm -hmm. and we'll see what smackdown does tomorrow maybe they'll be smart enough to actually get ahead of it but aw showed that you know they're socially relevant and, well, and, you know they did and for and for a tape show they added that right they added that nxt I didn't hear NXT did anything about their in the beginning of theirs. They just went straight to the program. That 20 seconds, like you talked about, it was moving. It was a black screen. We support black lives, all lives. Um, George, uh, rest in peace, George Floyd. It was amazing. And, and, and that just shows that's where, that just shows where AEW is. They, they're young. They're trying to stay hip. They stay hit with all the everything that's going on, but I'll get into them later. But it's just amazing what they did with that. It, it was great. It was a good thought. I mean, Tony Khan. I mean, I know we're getting a little backwards force here, but Tony Khan went and took it. I mean, he broke news in a, in a way that he I don't think he realized he was going to. But Tony Khan saw that uh, Linda Hogan went and made a I don't know if it was a pro Trump, but a a stupid thing about in regards to the protests, and he went, mm -hmm. he went and said, just like your husband, you are banned from all AEW events. Basically saying that Hulk Hogan is not allowed at AEW events as well. Once again, showing that he was he's progressive in the idea of that forward thinking and the idea of things happen and you have to go and go and just go and something happens, you have to do something. Cody went and there was a wrestler who was on AEW Dark this past week, their tape, mm -hmm. uh, you know, secondary show. They pulled the guy from the show because he put tweets on. AEW, I'm, you know, like I said, we we a lot of times are more pro AEW than WWE made product. Absolutely, but mm -hmm. when it's smart, it's smart, and you got to give them credit. You know. Yeah. What What Linda McMahon? No, I'm sorry. What Linda Hogan said was, um, the Afro. She says it was about the looting, mm -hmm. and she said it's the Af the Afro Americans out there. The, looting their own and destroying their own property. That's what got her in trouble. She called them Afro-Americans. She split that. Yeah. And then they showed a picture of her. She looked horrible. <laughs> but good Lord. But the, it was just another ignorant person making another ignorant statement. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, we could continue uh, talking about this and you can follow me and Jay, our thoughts on everything going on at work shoot pod in our facebook group uh and we'll continue to cover all of the stuffs in regard to the black lives matter and how it's being affected with the wrestling world but there's a lot of other things you know to talk about this week uh and we do really do appreciate uh mike your, your take especially from the military background and everything else but uh 
lot of Thank other things. Uh, we don't talk a lot about SmackDown because usually SmackDown is a disaster. Um, but the big thing coming out of SmackDown this week was uh, they decided to use Jeff Hardy's past of his uh, unfortunate alcoholism, which is true life. And a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. you use true life subjects in wrestling because that's usually what a character can go and develop his story on. You know, true life usually leads to interesting things. But we've mm-hmm. had these type of problems for years. Do you think it was in good taste or even needed to be done, guys? Talking about this whole type of thing with the alcoholism storyline right now? What do you think, Jay? Uh, I mean, it was awful. Like, it was awful. I, I, thought it, I didn't think it was very well done. I thought it was corny. When, here's, what, here's what I thought about when I watched it. I always try to look at wrestling from a standpoint of if I have someone watch this, my wife, if she watches this, will she say, why am I watching this shit? Or will she say, huh, like this is good, this is clever, this is smart, I get it. I told her the storyline, she was like, that's the dumbest shit I ever heard, right? So it's not the and, and watching it, that's how I felt. I was like, what is this? What am I watching? Why are they doing this? And as CM Punk said on, on WWE Backstage, you know, sobriety's a slippery slope. This isn't like, oh, uh, you know, he broke his leg and now his leg's okay. Like, sobriety and staying sober is an everyday thing that you have to always do. Who knows if this sparks something in him that makes him want to use again, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was in bad taste. And on top of that, it wasn't good. <laughs> so it wasn't sure like, was. oh my- it wasn't like, oh, this was some really good storyline that was kind of in bad taste. It was a shitty storyline that was shittily w- done. So I, I thought it was awful. Shittily, shittily. shittily is a word. <laughs> shittily is a compliment. There you go. To what, when I saw what they did and how they was doing it, and then I said, wait a minute, didn't he have a drug problem? And then you get, then he gets arrested. You go through all of this hype about getting him arrested, the crash car, um, um, what's his name, Elias getting rolled off in a stretcher, Jeff goes to jail, now you have this match, Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus, now all of a sudden Jeff Hardy comes back running down the aisle, like this is the Attitude Era. I'm over, he looked like he was still drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the lack of compassion towards his, because it's an illness, and and you knew it was bad when his brother t- tweeted, "Thank God I work for AEW." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, "Wow, you you can't." I I, I look, I love wrestling and storylines. Some storylines make you gasp and cheer and all this other stuff. But that right there, it, it was just no. It was uncalled for. Uncalled for. I mean, I think one of the problems is, first of all, I thought it wasn't wasn't done very well, like Jason said. Mm-hmm. And then, second of all, the biggest, thing, the biggest thing of the night should have been that you're having a new guy debut, Matt Riddle, and the idea that at the end of the night, your main event in two weeks is going to be your U.S. title match between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. And no one's talking about pretty much either one of those things. You're talking about a dumb angle that most likely, you know, in a couple of weeks, people are going to forget about because it's so bad. And Miss McMahon, you know, usually 10 minutes after he does something goes, oh, I don't care about that anymore. And you're, you're getting all this negative publicity 
for something you didn't have to do. You know, you got two of the best workers in your company, and Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles facing each other for a title in two weeks. And that's, and you know, like I said, Matt Riddle, who's this fresh new guy who could be really mm-hmm. good if they don't screw it up. They will. And no, one, and no one's talking about that because, like I said, you got this Jeff Hardy angle. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, it was, it was beyond bad. I mean, it was, it was we can move on. It was, yeah. it was terrible. It was terrible. And it's, in, it's, it's indicative of WWE programming right now, right? Some stuff they do is not bad. A lot, most of the stuff they do is not Too good. Big. It's not good. It's the, if, if I hadn't been watching Raw or SmackDown in the last couple of months, I would not have missed anything. Corey right. bullied me to start watching SmackDown, and there's nothing else to do, so I started watching SmackDown, and it was the worst decision of my life. I don't know what I mean. It is, it's, it's, it's just, it's not a good, it's not a good show. Now, I guess, is this week the finals of the AJ? I think this is the, this is the finals, or is it that on back, back, backlash? Yeah, I think it's on backlash. Is it too? Oh, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure, because I guess they, people said they, you know, they taped the finals, and people said that the match was really good. So I'll check that out. But for other than like Sonya Deville, who's been great the last couple of weeks, yeah, it, it, yes. it's it's not been really a, it's not a watch it's just not a watchable show. It's like the opposite of must see TV. You could read the reports and pretty much keep up with everything that's going on. Um, it, it's so go ahead, go ahead. So the other main roster thing I guess to talk about this week before we get into a good stuff, and I, I wish there was a week where we we did have to say that. Uh, Nia Jax, uh, everyone's favorite disaster. Uh, congratulations, you know, coming back, you know, after a year being off. But uh, as a result of her carelessness, and as me and Jay have spoken about off air, neither one of us has ever been in the ring. I know uh, Mike actually got in the ring at one point, uh, going uh, around a bunch of small guys for the fun of it. Um, the the All-American Man. The All-American Man. <laughs> but um, we have now... Our, we have a move that's no longer legal in WWE, the buckle bomb, because she decided to go and be careless. OD. And, you know, basically almost kill Kyrie Zane multiple times. Um, She's like 98 it, pounds. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> what, what, made, what made them think that that was a good move to do with Kyrie Zane? Like, anything else, she could have hit her with elbows all day. Hell, she could have put her finger in her forehead and just pushed her. But you want to do a buckle bomb? It's, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, the, the idea is we all know, I mean, I don't like using the, the word fake, but it's, wrestling is choreographed, and the idea is you have to be able to trust the person you work with. Yes, the buckle bomb, when it's come to Seth Rollins, he has, he's hurt people. We know that with Finn Balor, and you can say yes or no if he's the reason why Sting is retired. Found out later on he has stenosis in his back, so he most likely would have retired anyway. Mm-hmm. But I I think this and people like Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Wrestling Observer has said the idea that Nia Jack she might be a super nice person, but maybe she should go back to NXT or just be off TV for a while and learn how to wrestle because she what was she doing in the year she was hurt? Wasn't she yeah, training and pra- wasn't she? I know she was rehabbing obviously. I think she was wasn't doing she practicing videos. and training? No, she was doing TikTok videos. Like, what has she been doing? I mean, listen, I've never been in a ring. So I want to preface that, right? And she's a pro wrestler, and I I respect her being a pro wrestler. I super respect women's pro wrestling. 
I think she has a unique skill set, being a woman her size, um, in, a, in an industry, that's the train again, um, rush hour time, being in an industry, being in an industry dominated by smaller women, mostly. Mm-hmm. So she has a unique kind of uh, look about her. Right. But you, you, she can't, it's, it's almost like she doesn't know her own strength or, or she can't, it's hard because she's working with women who are so much smaller than her. I mean, she is probably, I don't want to say 250, 260, almost 300 pounds, somewhere in that range. And these mm-hmm. women who she's working uh, with on, in general are 120 pounds, right? Like they're not big women. Charlotte, and the only exception is Charlotte is Charlotte. pretty much, yeah, that's our only exception. She, just because she's tall and all muscle, yeah. right? So, like, so to me, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with her, but I know that if I were a wrestler who was wrestling her, I would really want to make sure we plan the matches out, we do really safe spots, we keep things really easy and clean, uh, no ambitious spots, no Charlotte Flair, Io Shirai, nothing crazy. We're going to keep it really simple and really basic. Mm-hmm. And that makes for, like, probably a shitty match. So, yeah. I, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't want to act like I know what to do because I'm, I'm not a pro wrestler. But if I wore one and, I, and Kyrie Sane has been a professional wrestler for, like, whatever, 10, 15 years, and she's mm-hmm. very good. If I were a wrestler and I was going against her, I would be nervous. Yes. And look, she she needs work. She needs to figure something out. She they gotta fix something out with her. Because if you even if they decide to send her to NXT, would, the only thing for her to be is a champion. You can't you can't send sending her down there just to send her down there, that's kind of gonna be the demotion. Now if you send her down there to take the title and hold it for a while, then that you know, that could be said she's training the younger people coming up. The other, the only other option I can think of, they need to find a, a women's heavyweight division. Because she beating up girls that are like a buck 10, 95 pounds wet. And she's too, I don't want to say that. She's just. She's a super heavyweight. Size, just, yeah, she's a super yeah, but super heavyweights have women. worked in the men, in the men's men's wrestling, and these men these men wrestlers, Big Van Vader. How many people did he hurt? He was bigger than everyone. Oh, Andre the Giant, uh, Andre the Giant. He was bigger than everyone. One, two, remember one, two, three kid? He was beating up Razor Ramon, and and Razor Ramon was a heavyweight, like yeah. a true heavyweight. And this kid is like a cruiserweight. Yeah. So I I think I think. I, I think you can. She needs to learn how to work with these smaller women better. And I don't know how. I don't know how that happens. But they can't. You may, they can't put you, her in a faction. Maybe you put her in a faction. You know, like we were talking about with Jackson Riker. You put her in a faction and she doesn't wrestle. She's just like the badass on the outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But they got to do something with her. They got to figure it out. Because all she's gonna be is the next Tamina. And I think they're pumping her up as more than that. I think they want her to be. I think they want her to be, you know, a, a star. But, I mean, and, and you could say, I guess she is. You know, if they gave her the title on, you know, you know a couple of weeks from now, it wouldn't be a surprise. Right. But she's also really dangerous in the ring. So it's a catch-22 for them. Yeah. 
it's it's scary on you know how well this is going to work out. I mean, because they because they also Corey don't have a lot of depth on the roster. They don't have a lot man. of women who are who are stars at all, and she's one of them. So it's like they send her down, then they're losing a big you know a big star a big star in the women's division after losing Becky and you know stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other, uh, a lot more stuff we can cover and to the main roster, but we'll have to deal with that more. Like I said, uh, on on Twitter at WorkshootPod, we'll talk more about that on the Facebook group. Uh, but moving on to our more enjoyable part, usually of these episodes, uh, the Wednesday Night War. Uh, AEW had another really good show this week. Uh, unfortunately, with all of the events going on in the real world. Uh, ratings were down 12% this week for AEW, only down 2% for NXT. But uh, AEW had two title matches. They went and started to do some of the build for Firefest, which will be two weeks in the beginning of July on uh, TNT. Guess first, I guess I would ask, do you like the idea of the shows being on TNT this year instead of being on, you know, on either on pay-per-view, on the BR Live app? I mean, do you like the idea of shows being on TNT? Um, I think it's different. You know, they could have easily put it on pay-per-view. They could have easily put it on um, the other um, site. But with no fans, they, they, they're playing it safe. But they're being creative with it because they split it up into two two events. But they, I, I really want to see what they do with this. I think there's one uh, of their lower, like, I think there's one of their lower, I think All In, I feel like, is like It's like their, a Clash of Champions type of yeah, 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 it's like a lower. It's like a Clash of Jack. Yeah. Um, now, all, now, the All In, if that's their WrestleMania, they're going to come big. But this, the way they got this split and the card they got set up right now of the matches, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. Now, if they do something with that cheap-ass TNT belt, Make it look like what it's supposed to look like, then I'll be happy. Yeah. But overall, I think they, I think Fighter Fest can be, it could be something good for two night event. Yeah, I agree. I like the idea of it being two nights. Um, also, we got to throw into it, Corey, that they supposedly did better on pay per view than they thought they did. So yeah. I think that also makes them feel comfortable saying, hey, we did well on pay per view. We took a lot of your guys' money in a time where people don't have money, honestly. And so, hey, let's give you a free show. And then, you know, they could do all out another pay-per-view, which I'm sure they'll do, you know, all out on pay-per-view. And it's a kind of a goodwill thing. We're going to give you a really, really good show after we did so well. So, and it not it crazy how well that they're doing? Like the business plan is smart. How they're doing things is smart. How they're interacting with the fans is smart. It's like they're... We're talking about them getting 800,000 people to watch their show every week, and they've been a company for whatever, a year. You, you know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. I really think they're I, – and I, you talk about this momentum. You talk about some of the smart things they're doing, you know, doing the Black Lives Matter uh, you know, graphic in the beginning, you know, banning Linda Hogan, being in with the young crowd because they know that's where their bread's going to be buttered. <laughs> buttered. Um, and then just having a good show, like above all else, they could do all this nice stuff. But if the show sucks, it won't matter. Although mm-hmm. I didn't love the main event; I thought the main event was a little overrated. But in, in general, they're really just—they—they're doing the right thing. They're just—they know what they're doing. They really do. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I think, yeah. Down the road, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with WWE. I'm talking about years and years down the road. But right now, they're, they're doing some really good stuff. Um, I think I, I actually like the main event. I, and you know what's funny? My take on AEW, it reminds me of the old school WCW. That feel of the 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 fights, the 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 action in the ring, not afraid to shed blood on national TV. And I think that match with Cody and Jungle Boy, I I, I believe it was uh to me it felt good. It it could have been better. I, I won't say it was great, but it, it could have been better. But I I think it's that Cody wants to give the young generation a, a some shine. Yeah. yeah, he's the champion, the TNT champion. Um, Jungle Boy is—he's really—he's a really good wrestler, and yeah. I really want to see what—I really want to see what they do with Jungle Boy and MK, MJF, uh, MJK, yeah, MJF. I want to see what them do—they do with them too, because they can have a long rivalry. They're young; they're in their early twenties. Especially that little interaction they had last night mm-hmm. at, at ringside when Cody busted his head open. Well, supposedly did the cut, but um, all other than that, I had no problem with the show. Yeah, I, I my only thing, and, and Corey, I want to get your take on it with the match. Was I don't think you need the tricks and the gimmicks, like you know, the table and the bleeding. He, he, this, he's gonna defend his title every week. We don't, you don't need to do this every week. You know, I, I compared this to the Cena U.S. Open Challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And I loved it because he made guys. You talk about a guy who made guys then. You can say what you want about Cena. We all have our own opinions. But he made guys during that, mm-hmm. right? And so to me, he has a chance to do that now. Wrestle good matches. We don't need blood and tables and tricks and gimmicks. Because mm-hmm. every week it's going to be ramped up. Another one, another. Just wrestle good yeah. matches. Put guys over hard. And win the and win the belt, and so like I, I don't know, I, I just didn't think all the tricks and gimmicks were necessary. And for me, I think the blood thing is overrated. I really like a really just good wrestling match that has right. violence, but it doesn't need a lot of tricks and gimmicks. This is for the this is for the TV title. You don't need gimmicks. Right. This is for the title. And that's why it reminds me of WCW. I'm sorry, Corey. Um, that that t- that title that television title, that TNT television title. I was always a big fan of the WCW world television title. You had that 60-minute time limit. Uh, this was a 20-minute time limit. And that title was represented by a lot of great wrestlers. They overdid it with the blood. I will say that. But I think this match was like um, they can use this match as a, as a stepping stone. Okay, we did way too much. Let's let's see what we want to do next week. Let's bring it down. You know, I think they put I think they put all of it all into one basket real quick to see how it flipped. Because it, it would be one thing if Jungle Boy and Cody had a rivalry and this was like some feud that boiled over and Jungle Boy caused them to bleed and all that other stuff. It was just it was two good dudes wrestling and it, it just they, he added stuff that didn't need to be there. Yeah. So now I think that after hopefully next week they take it to another level, but not as strong as this one. Just give us a match. 
I don't, I don't disagree with either one of you on that. I mean, I thought it was a solid match. I mean, I, I didn't think it was, you know, the greatest main event of all time. I, I mean, I actually thought the, uh, the team opener was actually a better match uh, and mostly the best match maybe on the show of the, of, of the uh, AEW show. Um, I don't need blood every week, but, you know, you barely ever see blood on NXT, so it's – and they're the alternative. And I think that at times Cody finds himself – he wants to be, like, the living embodiment of that old school era of the mm-hmm. Harley races, his father, Ric Flair. And, you know, yeah. we had, you know, uh, next week we'll have on Big Vito, who has, you know, had his own comments about uh, Cody. But, you know, the idea of being the blood, you know, they said, you know, they're blood and guts and different things, but they're the alternative where you're not going to get that in another product. And I think maybe sometimes they go too hard on trying to be like, you're not getting that anywhere else, so we're going to show you this. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're wrong. And I think it's also going to be, the idea that it's going to be continually to be obstacles for Cody where every week he might be a little bit more vulnerable until maybe at some point you lose the title because so many things have happened to Cody that it all builds up the idea that he's so worn down by defending this title every week. It protects Cody as the fact that he had so many obstacles to go through. You know? It kind of protects him in a way. But one of the things I find interesting, and I think, uh, Jay, you put this up on our Twitter, that you said that Brian Cage is more credible in basically two weeks as a challenger than um, Brody right. Lee for the, yeah. for the world title going up against John Moxley at Fighter Fest. I'd like to expand on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I think, well, one, I think having Taz is really, really good. I think Taz automatically legitimizes him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brody Lee, and I love Brody Lee, I felt like he was a mid-carder. He feels like a mid-carder. And I think he can build up to being a big guy. When Cody was a mid-carder in WWE, I didn't feel like he was a mid-carder. I felt like he was being held back as a mid-carder. I feel like Brody Lee right now was – I think Brody Lee was a mid-carder, maybe an upper mid-card guy. So I felt like him going for the title was eh. And I also think what they did with the Dark Order wasn't good. I, I, I didn't enjoy any of that. Um, I'm enjoying this old school having a manager. This shows the WWE, who, who don't believe in managers, what a manager can do for a guy. Mm-hmm. Brian Cage looks like a million bucks. But if he talks, eh, maybe not so great, right? But you have a guy who can put him over, who is a freaking legend, who was great. And he makes him seem stronger. Mm-hmm. He makes him seem like a bigger deal than, he, than even than he is. Yeah. And also... Moxley's was on fire as well. His promo was great. He mm-hmm. put him over hard. I never felt like Moxley put Brody Lee over hard. They had to put he had to steal the title or whatever to put it over. The old school steal the belt. Yeah. Moxley said, "You know what? You are a beast. You are big time. You are the machine." And we've also seen Brian Cage over the years as a main event level guy in Lucha Underground and Impact. We've never seen Brody Lee as that guy. No. So I so I think there's a there's a lot, there's a lot of layers to it. Uh, it's not like just one thing, but I definitely think Taz helped. Taz is a big. He's been great. So I oh, yeah. So there's uh, I think there's a lot of different factors. Uh, Mike, before you come, I think uh, I think you brought up a really interesting thing there, in regards to Brody Lee, and maybe this would have helped the Brody Lee character just in general. Cody was gone from the WWE for basically like. Two and I guess what two years where he was in ROH, he was in New Japan, and he won the NWA title, he won the ROH title. He built a character and developed being more than just a WWE Intercontinental Champion 
a mid-card guy and he became like a more respected character being on the Indies for those two years. And he became more of, a, more, of a star, more of a star, I would right. say. And Brody Lee just coming from the WWE and being gone for two months. And for the whole time he was there, he was known as a good worker, but he was just like the number two guy who basically did, you know, weird promos with Bray Wyatt, you know, uh, and when he came in, he was just, okay, I'm going to be the leader of this Colt stable who was a Vince McMahon ripoff. I liked, I liked the promos a lot more than you did, but it didn't feel like he felt like a main, main event level guy. I mean, I think, it didn't I, work, right? I think kind of what Vito said about, so we talked to Big Vito last week. We'll have that interview up on Tuesday. Uh, just check out the work at work shoot pod on Twitter for that and iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. But Big Vito talks about feeling like a star and having that charisma of a star. And we'll get, you know, we can, uh, he talks about Cody specifically, which is interesting. But I think Brody Lee doesn't feel, I, I love him as a performer and I think he's underrated. But right now he doesn't feel like he has that, that he doesn't have that feel of a star to me. Nice. And so to me, it was hard for me to buy him as the champion when your champions have been Chris Jericho, an all-timer, and John Moxley, who's been one of the best guys in wrestling for, for the last year. It's hard after those two guys to then say, oh, well, Brody Lee, mid-carter, not even mid-carter in the WWE, you're the champion. That, that was a yeah. hard thing for me to go. And, I, and they mis misstepped and miscalculated, but I think they're turning it around with Brody Lee. Yeah, I I like what they're doing with Taz. Uh, you know, Taz is just – he has that gift for gab. And the way they got him set up, he is the man. But he's walking him down the aisle. He's not walking him down the aisle. He's standing on the top of the, the platform, on top away from the, the ring, holding a red towel. And he – he knows Brian Cage can go in there and do what he do and, and make it look good because he's been worked with. But then after he wins, Taz comes down, does the talking, gets some hype, got that Brooklyn accent going, and, and, and Brian Cage just looks just stands there and looks possessive. Like, yeah, I'm ready to take it. Not too Brock Lesnar-ish, if that's a word, too Brock, too Brock Lesnar-ish. But he stands there with enough, with that look, oh, you want a piece of me, when John Moxley and him were interacting. And the thing I find, too, with Brody Lee, great great wrestler. I heard his podcast, um, his interview with Chris Jericho, I think it was. Um, yeah, he had an interview with Chris Jericho. And um, he talked about his time in WWE and what he would like to do. I think they rushed him too, too, too quickly into a stable that stable thing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, I would have rather see him do his individual thing, not beat Moxley for the title, but just have a good match. Work your way in there. This dark order thing, they, they again, with this being their first year, I think they have enough room to work on a lot of things right now. Yeah. Going before they get into their second year. The, the dark order, I see last night they tried to recruit uh, Colt Cabana last night. Um, where they going to go with that, I don't know. But I, I think Brody Lee, yeah. I think Brody Lee, it, it, he, he has room. They just got to find that right That's sweet spot. click. 
diarrhea at that sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last, last, uh, last major thing from uh, AEW last night, which I, like I said, thought was a really good show. We could talk about a thousand things, you know, the Orange Cassidy and everything else. But let's talk about the big, the big signing from last week. FTR joining, uh, joining, joining AEW. They had a sit-down uh, interview with uh, Tony Schiavone. The great. The great Tony Schiavone, who was all over this show with uh, also in, uh, the Britt Baker segment, which I thought was really funny, but uh. <laughs> we'll get more into that uh, at another time. But uh, let's get your guys' thoughts. What did you think of the FTR's uh, interview? I, I thought it was really a good thing. I, I thought they really put over the tag team vision as a whole. It set up a lot of angles going down where they could have feuds, with, you know, proud and powerful. They could have a feud with the tag team champions. You set up a match for next week. Yeah. You know, you set yeah. things up right away. You don't have to go to the Young Bucks immediately, which, of course, is the money match. I, I, right. I, I, I don't know. I was underwhelmed by it. I think the, the, the idea of it was fine. They put over all the tag teams. They started a feud with Butcher and the Blade, which I think is a great starting point for them. But I don't know. I don't think their promo was full of fire, and I, we're we're out to prove we're the best. It was more, yeah, we're here. Uh, we're gonna go against these guys. It just was very, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the fire that I wanted to get from them. I felt pretty underwhelmed with it. And FTR was, well, we don't know. It's this or it's that or it's it. It's like I don't know. I I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that. Oomph. Now, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll have other promos. I think this is a sit-down interview, so maybe it was supposed to be a little bit more laid back. Yeah. But I felt like I would have liked to see some more fire from them in the promo. But, you know, it's kind of a nitpick. I thought it was fine, though. I, I thought, first of all, I, I, I do want to say welcome to FD, FTR. I want to say welcome to Real Tag Team Wrestling because no more of the gimmicks – no more of the the shaving my back, uh, <laughs> pies in my face. I got uh, itching itching powder in my jock strap. The uh, icy hot terribleness. Sure. The, the icy hot thing. No more of that stupid stuff. Now they're back to tag team wrestling. Now, like like the promo last night they did with Tony. Um, it, it, it seemed like you said, Jay. It was it was kind of. It felt relaxed, a little too relaxed, but I think they they kind of got their point out there. They they gave praise to AEW and their tag team division, the tag teams. They they butcher in the blade, and then they said what they said about the young bugs. That's something I think they want to build towards. They they're not rushing into that one right now. They're gonna let that build towards that moment. Maybe like an all in. Where pay per view where it's them they they get established in AW AW and to me Butcher and Blade are great tag team I I like because Butcher and the Blade reminds me of R Anderson or Ole Anderson a young young version sure but F, F, FTR reminds me of a young version of Tully Blanchard and R Anderson Grandbusters baby yes. That, and I think that's gonna make their little few great. Then you got a they're gonna get into the other tag teams, and their style of tag team wrestling was always good. In the corner, hot tags, isolation. 
all that distraction. They did great with that stuff. Um, what I would like to see AEW do with them, the I think it was the first All In where they had that pay per view where other tag teams, the other wrestlers came from other federations yeah. and they wrestled the AEW stars. That I want to see how they react to that. You know what I'm saying? No titles were involved. It was just uh, wrestler versus wrestler. This fed, this verse, this fed. Um, I think I didn't like how they went about the name. How OFTR oh, is this? It stands for this and what? Uh, just say what it means. <laughs> we knew you, you. We knew you lost the one name. Then you went to another name. You got sued, and now you're FTR. It is what it is. Um, I think they're gonna be all right. I'm just glad they're out of WWE. Yeah, I agree. And it, I like, like I said, this goes back to me saying that this AEW reminds me of the old WCW. Every division had something. Tag team. Uh, what was WCW? Uh, television title, US yeah. title, that division. Then the heavyweight title. Then you yeah. went. Then they added the cruiserweight after yeah. a while in the nineties. Yeah. But it, it it's going there, but it's not it's slowly getting there. Yeah, TNT I, title is probably just the newest thing they're gonna yeah. add. See what happens. Yeah, Mike, I, I agree. Uh, but, but you know, the, the whole WCW thing, we talk about WCW now in hindsight, and we're all like, oh, it was so bad because it died, right? They had, they had some good guys on that, and they had some great matches, and they had some good storylines. And so we, we kind of look back and say, ah, WCW, how shitty was it, right? But it really had some very, very good stuff in it. And I think you talk about the different divisions, the different classes. The di I, there's so much stuff that AEW can do. And I think being, I don't want to say WCW clones, I don't think they're that, but having some WCW flair i don't think is the i really don't think it's the worst thing because they were very successful for a very long time absolutely i mean we we had yesterday on uh, the podcast uh gary horn from uh the nwa uh this is the nwa podcast uh and one of the things i think about is the uh it's a great blend of the nwa wcw with their tag team division and a lot of the elements that were good before mm. that last year when everything went to hell and, you know, the cruiserweights and the tag teams and their, their heavyweight division is, you know, not the Hogan's and the Nash's and a lot of things that were a disaster. Right. I think that there's a lot of good stuff happening in AEW. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of good, like I said, I mean, of course there is bad and things that don't work, but we've said week after week and, and, and a lot of people say, you know, I'm just being a shill for the company at times, but, one of the things that AEW does very well is that they go, and if something's not working, they'll fix it. So, I mean, hopefully if things that we people don't like and things that I think are good, maybe you guys don't think is, they'll go and make it work as time goes on. But, uh, Mike, we really appreciate you joining us this week to talk uh, AEW and give your thoughts on some of the problems going on in the, uh, in the WWE with the unfortunate to say the least comments from uh jason uh Riker, the former gunner from tna and uh racist comments not, un not unfortunate racist yeah mike racist. Thanks for th mike thanks for being on bud hey guys thank you for having me man it's a pleasure yo this is the product david star and you're listening to the work shoot wrestling podcast
All right. Uh, welcome back, guys. Once again, thank you uh, to uh, Mike Ford for joining us this week. Uh, let's get a little bit into uh, NXT this week. The big story was we crowned uh, not an interim champion. Actually, that wasn't the big story. Uh, Drake Maverick was rehired. And uh, Jay, I guess, I don't know where we should even start with that. Do we start with the idea that people are a little upset in the climate that we're in, that people are now sure if it was a work from the beginning, or, I mean, I don't know where you want to go with the whole Drake Maverick thing. I mean, I mean, of course, since the beginning, we thought it might be a work. I mean, we, I thought that he had gotten released. So did I. Then I think he did the promo. And then I think they were like, we could use this. And they're like, we should probably try to keep him. So I think, I, I think it was real in both aspects. I think he really did get released. I think he really did the tearful goodbye. Cause I mean, he was, unless he's the fucking Brad Pitt of actors, right? He was legitimately crying. And then, um, then, you know, this tournament happened. And I think they were like, Hey, this is like, I tell you, we argued about this before. Wrestling's about stories. And WWE doesn't realize that a lot of times, which is why their stories don't oftentimes make sense. But with AEW, what they're trying to do, and with NXT, generally their stories make sense. They have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's what that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is interesting on uh, where this story goes from here. I mean, it's... What do you do? Do you let him now? Is he going to be a big baby face now in the division in, in NXT? Well, you know? it's hard to be a big baby face with no crowds, but you know, I mean, but yeah, I think he'll be a part of the cruiserweight division. I mean, listen, he's great. You don't have guys like him. Everybody is great. You have El Hero Di Fantasma, right? You have Swerve. You have Tony Nice. You have all these guys who are these amazing, amazing athletes, and Drake Maverick is okay like he's okay wrestler but he's great from fighting underneath so you have this ultimate underdog all the time and he, he'll win some he'll lose some maybe every now and then he'll get a title shot maybe he'll win it maybe he won't but and he's great on the mic and he's a great character so you could have him go back to being a manager next week i mean there's we talked about this with aw and how they're doing so well with these managers now Part of it with these managers is that they were badass wrestlers. So there could be that element of it. Um, but Zelina's doing a great job. Maybe you have him be a manager. So you did the whole storyline of him being a wrestler and then you're just going to make him a manager again? I mean, I'm not saying they have to do it tomorrow or next week. I'm saying maybe down the road that's what you do with them. You haven't been in the cruiserweight, you haven't been in the cruiserweight division for a little bit. Eventually, down the road, he loses, he gets frustrated, he turns heel. He joins up with Tony Nese. Tony Nese gets over because we know he's bland as, as milk toast. And then all of a sudden you have a guy who's great on the mic, Drake Maverick, and he's putting over Tony Nese. So I'm not saying that's what you do tomorrow, but it could be something down the road you do, or you just make him a great, you know, baby face and people cheer him whenever we get crowds. I mean, Corey, two things that I thought about sure. was I thought about the Cedric Alexander thing when they gave him that contract during the Cruiserweight Classic. One, they wouldn't have released him if not for the pandemic originally. But then he would have got this amazing crowd reaction. 
Because I think the NXT crowd would have really been to would have been into his story. And so it's weird how he got, you know, he got, you know, the audience that's there, the the you know, developmental talent that cheered for him. Um that was one of the times where I really felt like, man, the crowd would have helped that moment. I still think about the Cedric Alexander moment. That's probably the best moment of Cedric Alexander's career, right? Um, and so, you know, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just kind of a bummer. But he's got a contract. He's got a job. Good for him. Um, good for him. What do you think? I know you've been a big supporter of Drake Maverick for this whole entire thing. Yeah. Did you like the idea that they didn't go all the way and give him the title? Or would have you liked them to uh, – I guess my question is, do you like the idea that they went and – went with the idea of him losing, getting the title, and still going with uh, Del Tasman? Um, so at first, I thought, eh, I would have liked him for him to have won. But then thinking and seeing the Triple H thing and saying, hey – if he wins the title, his story is over. His story can keep continuing. It's kind of like, you know, what we talked about with Lance Archer and Cody with Big Vito. Once Cody wins the title, the story is over. Once the babyface wins, that's it for the story, right? You, you know, and that's why Lance Archer is sitting there on the side of a road talking about being a monster now because he doesn't know what the, what the hell to do with himself. Um, Drake Maverick could still, you know, do this thing where he's, you know, I still want to be cruiserweight champion. I have a contract, but I'm not going to rest on my laurels. So there's so many layers that they can get into with that, and I trust NXT to to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. The one, the one thing I really enjoyed this week on NXT was the two hype videos for oh, yeah. the two main event matches. And well, by the way, why can't WWE do that? It's a good they, they, you know, they they made you know what they, the WWE the the what NXT does they make the people seem like stars. Relevant? No. Like real people? They they highlight they highlight them well. So Io Shirai, right? She's Japanese. She doesn't know English, but she's this kind of weird, mysterious. She's a bet she's probably you know, next to Asuka and Charlotte, she's the best woman's wrestler in the world. And that's what they played on. That is like she's mysterious, she's beautiful, she's dope. Like that's the stuff they played on, right? With Rhea Ripley talked about being motivated and, and, and losing and how that's a big motivational factor. And Charlotte, how she came back to – it's such a natural story that just makes sense. And to me, wrestling's not that hard, right? It's not that difficult. But I love what NXT did in that package. They highlighted every woman – they highlighted a reason why every woman needs to win that triple threat match. I, I thought it was great. I, I really, I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. And, you know, EO, she's, you know, you know how I feel about her. So it was, it was just great. It was great. I thought that, like you said, I thought that was the best thing on the show. I, I thought it, I thought the one for the, um, the, the men's title match, I thought was fine. I mean, I it was okay. It's fine, but you know what? And I know I harp on this type of stuff, but I'm just going to say this once and we'll move on. But I really think that woman's package should have been on Raw. Instead of seeing, you know, her on some, seeing Charlotte in a match, I think that should have been on Raw where you're pumping up people to go and watch this show on Sunday. You know, your average fan on, who watches on Raw sees this badass package on these women who might be the future of coming up at some day 
seeing these story on these three women on and showing another side of Charlotte who's on your show fucking every single night, basically. I'm sorry about the language there, but who's on your show. That would have been a good package to yeah. show her. You know? Yeah. I don't disagree, but that's not, it's, they're the same umbrella company, obviously. But I think more and more we see, it's like a different universe. It's a yeah. different universe. Look at the package for Matt Riddle. He said he was a bro. He, they showed him suplexing guys. Every package of every new guy that comes to the main roster, that's what they do. They do some, some vignette that's not very effective with the guy doing moves, doing finishes on people. I don't give a shit about that. I want to know who this guy is, why he's here, what he's going to do to dominate, why he wants to dominate, what he did before he got here. And they just don't, they just don't, WWE doesn't do that. So to me, it's like two different universes. And that's why you're right. They should show it. But then people would watch that and say, well, why am I watching Raw every week? <laughs> Can we watch this? So I don't know. But you, I mean, you, you're, you're, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, but then you would see that. And then you'd see Nia Jax doing this uh, promo where she's like cry, fake crying and whining and, you know, hurting women. I, I, I think it would be, it's a, it'd be a, a interest. It'd be interesting. I, I think viewers would see that and be like, what am I watching here? So maybe that's part of it too. Yeah. Um, well, this, this Sunday we have an NXT takeover, which, uh, I say on paper, isn't the strong, I mean, it's got some good matches, but I would say isn't the caliber of some of the other NXT shows. It's probably one of their weakest of that they've ever, had. I think it's probably, I mean, I, I can't think of a weaker one that they've ever had. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing it's most likely the weakest show they've ever had, but let's uh, quickly, a couple of minutes on this show, uh, for all you people who are sitting in the house on Sunday at seven o'clock Eastern, I'm sure you guys will check it out because, you know, still got some good stuff on here. Let's uh, let's start out. Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. If uh, Velveteen just does, does not win, this tape, this match has already been taped, so I guess it's a backyard brawl or something. Um, I don't see why they would take the title off of Adam Cole. I know the speculation continues. If he loses the match, more idea he might go to AEW. But uh, I think you keep the title on Adam Cole. Yeah, I, so um... – uh, Billy Gunn had, uh, not Billy Gunn, Road Dog had an interesting interview this week where he talked about, I think it was maybe the after the bell thing with Corey Graves, where he talked about Adam Cole and he put him over hard. He said he is great and everything he does is great. And he's like, if he was carrying cross the size, he'd be the universal champion. So it was interesting. Um, and, you know, we've all known this about Adam Cole for years since Ring of Honor. I don't know. I think... I think you have to have Cole keep the title. I think with all these guys he's beaten in the past, no disrespect to Velveteen Dream, but you have Gargano, you have Ch all those matches with Gargano, you have Ciampa, you have Finn Balor, you have Riddle. I just don't think Dream is the guy who should take the title off of him. I think if I had to predict, and if I were a gambling man, which my wife would say, which you are, I guess I might have to go with Dream. Really? Because... Because there's rumors of more guys coming up to the main roster. Riddle's on the main roster. They're talking about Dijek going to the main roster. The issue is Adam Cole is your main event guy. 
So, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, you give dream the title undisputed era has no titles. Then they start falling apart at the seams. Then maybe you do something with that storyline. So, and then you have Kerry and cross maybe go for the title. So they're with dream. So there's different things that they can do off of this. So I think Cole should keep the title, but I'm just going to say dream with the title. victory. Oh, okay. Uh, we got the NXT uh, women's title match, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai. I think that we, I think we would agree that Charlotte's going to lose the title and won't get pinned. Really? I don't think Charlotte, I, I, I did not think, I did not. I mean, this is our first, is this our first title defense? I mean, she won against Io Shirai, she won against Io Shirai yeah. and she didn't lose. I mean, it was a disqualification or whatever. She hasn't defended the title and beat anyone. But you could say that she doesn't need to because she's Charlotte Flair. And she's like her dad and wins the title and loses the title in the next time. So maybe you're right. I would think that they would have her win the title. Uh, I don't know. I think, I, think they, I think that she's – I think she loses the title, puts, but she doesn't get pinned to set up. If they wanted to at some point, you know, have her t- uh, challenge for the title again – I just, I think, th- I really do think it's either EO or Rhea, and my heart says EO, but I wouldn't be surprised if they put the title back on uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, I'm going to go with EO Shirai. I think it's finally the time right. to be EO Shirai over. You know what? I'll, uh, gosh, that's tough. I'm going to go with EO. All right. Um, Champa versus Cross. Um, you gotta think Cross has got. I would think Cross wins this match. I wish this match had m- more time to have developed. I yeah, mean, I, know I agree. You, I, I would have. I would have waited for SummerSlam weekend. I know. I know we don't know what the heck SummerSlam weekend is going to be, but I would have given. I mean, aren't there any other feuds he can do before he gets into it with the top guy and the the you know whatever second third. Top guy in NXT, yeah. gosh, they're pushing him to the moon. Yeah, I mean, but, do you agree but, then, that? but then I guess, but then I guess the thing that you think about, and tell me what you think about this. It's not for the title, so if Champa loses, you've then built a guy. So now you have another main event level guy. It doesn't hurt Champa at all because he could lose to me or you, and he's already always going to be a top guy in NXT. So maybe this is the right move. Maybe this is, you know, we talk about Brody Lee getting pushed too much for the title and, and Cage or whatever. The difference is this isn't for the title. It's just a match. So maybe this is where Karen – now, I, I've seen Karrion Cross really only wrestle a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in this match. I'm very curious to see how good he does. Um, I'm going to go with Karrion Cross. I'm going to say they try to make a guy. And, it, again, if you're building up a story to have the baby face win in the end, you got to have the heel win to start with. I agree. And like you were just saying, I mean, this is what I think they would have done if the TV title wasn't an albatross across the neck of the Cody Lance Archer storyline. This is, this is basically what it reminds me of, Archer versus Cody. And if Archer should have won that feud, but you had the title in the crosshairs. And I think this is, they'll, they'll get this one right and Cross will win. And we'll most likely have more than one match in the series. What are you expecting from this match? Because you've seen Cameron Cross more than I have. I, I haven't seen him. And this is, 
you know, yes, the fans aren't there. Um, I, I get all that. But this is a big, you know, spotlight on him. You know, takeovers are not backlash, right? And take, NXT takeovers are expected to be the show, the main show, the best wrestling show. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. What, what do you expect from him here? I think this will be, you know, a, a good brawl for like, you know, 12 minutes maybe. I, mean, I, I, I think it's just going to be them just beating the crap out of each other. High impact moves. Um, I think it will deliver. I mean, as far as, you know, the conference call today from uh, Triple H, the only match that has already been taped for the show is the Adam Cole Velveteen Dream match. So I think that uh, it will be, you know, a hard, hard fought, you know, match that will just, I think just two, you know, two hosses just kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. We'll see. Talking about, you know, one big hoss facing, you know, kicking the crap out of somebody. North American uh, Championship match, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano, which I think has a good chance of being the best match on the show. Keith Lee, if you were to ever call anybody up to be on the main roster, that's your guy. I don't think he will be because I think he might be the, the guy that finally beats Adam Cole. Maybe I'm giving away some of my ideas of what's going to happen in the future in the show. But uh, Adam uh, Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. I think Gargano wins the title. I think they're going to have an incredible match. I think Gargano will, as a result, start his own, you know, um, challenge type of thing, just like Cody. Um, I, think Garg- I think they're going to push Gargano to be a major heel. The cocky guy who doesn't realize the heel, and I think this is the beginning of it. Um, now, who did you say was going to win the title? Did you say Cole was going to win originally? Yeah, I think Cole. So you're going to have two, you're gonna have two heel and then import- important, which we haven't gotten to. I mean, I, I don't know how – I don't see how they lose. Three heeled champions? And then, but I, I, think you, I think Lee's going to face – I know it's – because this is WWE booking where they just you, – you lose a title and all of a sudden you go for a bigger title. I think Lee's going to lose a title and then – I think Lee's going to be the guy who beats Cole for the title. Okay. So I think you got to take the title off of Lee at some point. I think this is – All the, right. This the is the guy to – if anyone that takes the title off him, it's going to be this guy. So that's interesting. You know what? Corey, your logic is good. I like your logic. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you. But if Lee wins, then I think Cole wins. Uh, or if Lee wins, and I think if Lee wins, I think maybe Dream wins. Um, because then Dream could go against Cole again, go against Gargano, go against Karrion Cross. Um, but if Cole wins, then then you that you know Gargano wins. I should say that you might be right about it. So we'll see. It'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, Finn Balor versus should have been Walter, but he can't get over here. Damian Priest, who uh, has looked dominant, but I don't know if he's actually won a match since he's been in NXT. Other uh, other than against guys like us, Leon Ruff. I mean, that's that's about all he's beaten. I, you know what? I I don't see Finn Balor losing, but at some point, Damian Priest has to has to win a few. I mean, so yeah, he. I mean, he's been in some good matches, and he's actually he's actually been in some pretty solid matches. Um, he's been pretty impressive. I mean, Balor can't. I mean, he can't. But he he did beat Gargano right in the last takeover. Right. He could stand to lose. I mean, he could lose to you or I, and it wouldn't matter. So he's a guy who can take a loss, and Priest really needs a win. So on that, I'm going to go with Damian Priest. I'm going to say Priest gets the victory. I'm I'm going to say Balor because I really do think Balor or 
or leaves the next challenge for Adam Cole. So it's weird. I'm saying. But Balor already got his shot and lost. Yeah, but. <sighs> but you think because Walter's not able to, to you know, maybe they throw him in that now, but he already beat him. I don't know. I, I think this is when the heel logic comes in. Cole could say, I've beaten everybody. Of course, except for, for Keith Blake. Right. And so why am I going against Finn Balor again? Right. So I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with my Damian Priest uh, prediction. And, and the last match on the card, which usually would be a match on uh, maybe hour one of a regular NXT show, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart, who still ha- still alive after uh, her death-defying moves most weeks. Versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. I, I think you got to have the heels win this, keep Candice LeRae strong now that she's actually finally has a role as a character. And I think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are interesting. Yeah, I think the heels are definitely. I think the heels are definitely going to win. I could really see this being a really fun match. Like I'm, you know, it's a six man, six woman match. Obviously, it's a match where the result really doesn't mean anything. Uh, but it's a bunch of women who have never really been in an NXT takeover stage, right? Raquel Gonzalez, Sashi Blackheart hasn't hasn't been in a big match, right? So you have a bunch of women who haven't been in a big spot, and I think they're going to give it everything. Sashi Blackheart, I hope she doesn't break her neck during this. But I think these women are going to bust their ass, and I think it's going to be a really, really fun, fun match. It's a match I'm underratedly really looking forward to because, it's again, the winner's going to be whatever – but it's going to be these women who are super – I mean, these six women, now Ra- Raquel Gonzalez aside maybe, and f- five women are better than most of the women on SmackDown and Raw, ra- women's rosters. So, right, and they're all in the ring together. So it's going to be a blast. And I, I'll, go with the, I'll go with the heels. Me too. Like I said, top to bottom, it's a, it looks like it's a solid show. Definitely a solid show. Not as strong – like I said, it's not the strongest show they've ever put on, but one thing we can say – NXT shows usually uh, NXT takeover shows usually deliver. So I'm looking forward to uh, to the show this Sunday. And you know, Jay, I think we had a really interesting show this week. I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about a couple of things because uh, we had a really good conversation this week with uh, Mike Ford, who we hope we'll have on again real soon. Uh, I'm sure that we'll have a chance on uh, at Work Shoot Pod on Twitter uh, to talk about the uh, TNT Impact. Sorry, Impact. Slimiversary promo. We'll try to get into that over the week. Uh, I guess, you know, maybe some more praise to some of the stuff that happened on the shows. But uh, Jay, uh, why don't you let people know how they could follow us and uh, everything else? Uh, we are at Worth Shoot Pod on Twitter, W R O K E D Shoot Pod. Um, we are on Facebook, Worth Shoot Wrestling Podcast. I changed our name to make sure that worked. So, Worth Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Google Workshop Wrestling Podcast, and you will find us. Um, we are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on Spotify. We are all over the place. So, um, you know, you got time on your hands right now, uh, so find that out. Uh, we've done a couple of amazing interviews. We had Gary Horn from This is the NWA Podcast, um, which we did yesterday. We put that up today. Uh, part two of David Starr and part one of David Starr. Uh, you can download uh, on iTunes, Workshop Wrestling Podcast. We've got an interview with Big Vito that we taped that's in the can that we're going to have for you guys next week, too, that really was interesting how we disagreed with a lot of what Big Vito said. But as a former pro wrestler, he had a very interesting perspective. So really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, Maybe we may even do a post-NXT 
takeover show as well. So we're trying to pump out, you know, a lot of podcasts for you guys. We've got time in our hands and we're trying to put out some content. So at work, shoot pod, work, shoot wrestling podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. Thanks. And of course, follow uh, our sister podcast. You don't know Jackie every Wednesday and Stay tuned for the FamDude Network uh, website, which is being worked on now, which will continue to let you know when that officially debuts. But uh, great show this week, Jason. We've covered a lot of key topics and some very important issues in regards to race in this. And once again, it's been a very trying time in our country. And I'm glad we've had this platform on Twitter, Facebook, this show to really discuss some very tense topics and have the freedom to discuss openly. So, uh, Jason, I'm really proud that we were able to do this show and have this time to talk openly. But, Jason, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya, Jackson Riker.